everybody we have a first here on the patrick car show in over 500 episodes we have not had the same company come on this show with a different representative but that is going to change today and for good reason um you know i have wanted to have this gentleman on the show for a very long time let me explain to you why everybody because he's an example of what hard work can get you in this industry and here's how i know that i sit at this table on a lot of saturdays and i'll be working we'll be working on behalf of our clients and posting different things and this guy is out there always on Saturday afternoon at a networking event, at a new builder event. He's on site. He's working production. He's making sales. And I said, you know, when I saw Justin Leo from Performance Roofing, we check out that episode from a few weeks ago. I said, I got to know who this guy is. Who's this guy out there that's working every Saturday and making things happen? He said, that's Chaz Williams. And I said, I got to have him on the show. And today, very happy to have you, Chaz. Thank you so much, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Man, you are rocking and rolling out there, man. Talk about sales. I mean, it's something in Florida that, uh, well, we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to, to sell roofs here in Florida. But first, man, as we're talking here off camera, you did pretty well in this whole bodybuilding thing. I mean, yeah. because uh, people always talking to me about, oh, bodybuilding or whatever else. But you did darn well. Tell everybody a little bit about that, man. Yeah, I started bodybuilding probably 2009. Um took it just as an amateur and went pro after about 40 something shows i've won i want to say 49 overall trophies um yeah i got a whole trophy room my wife she hates them but you know how that goes i get it man um went pro back in 2018 uh ifbb pro um did a couple pro shows i retired last year just um try to focus on work take that dedication and and put it towards work and family life things like that as you know i know it man you know how it is it's it's time consuming it's a selfish sport you're you know at the gym two three days a week you're eating you're you know eating what six to eight times a day yep. it's just a constant you know battle and frustration of you know how your body looks and walking around at three percent body fat feeling like death mm. <laughs> the last week or two so um that's kind of where I started, you know, the bodybuilding days and, and moving forward from there. You know, I'm going to jump into roofing here in a second. But, man, one of the things I was thinking about is I never understood as I got more into bodybuilding, I never quite understood this whole meathead concept, brother. Because the guys that I met in bodybuilding, uh, we were talking about Mr. Fernand Bailey and guys like that. Man, let me tell you what, these guys got a brain. Yeah. Um, and they are always thinking of new ways to – to look at their body differently, to manipulate the, not the system itself, but hey, listen, how can I get better today? How can I make myself incrementally just a half of a percent better? Um, and, and these guys are not somebody I look at and go, ah, you know what, there's nothing between the ears. No, a lot of these pro bodybuilders, even amateur bodybuilders, they have a big following. They start their own companies. Look at Furlan, he owns yeah. multiple companies, he does. does good. I have a buddy, Clay Parker, that does really well uh, online. Their sponsorships, they, they make good money. They're very smart, too. Mm -hmm. They take that knowledge and they utilize it. So yeah, A.J. Sims is another one I have A.J. A Sims is, yeah, one of the best coaches oh in the world. I'll tell you what, man. I was a, I nerded out, and A.J.'s probably going to watch this because I've been wanting to have him on the show, and he said he would come on. Yeah. I just got to do it uh, Zoom, and I don't like to do the Zoom stuff, but I, with him I just might because he's just such a technician. Oh, yeah. But I uh, I was fortunate. I was at 24-Hour Fitness. I think it was, was right around the pandemic was going to happen. 
and he was coaching a gentleman, and forgive me, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he ended up doing very well in Olympia. And I, I'm sitting there, and I felt like such a creep because I'm following A.J. Sims around just to get those little nuggets of what he would tell, the little things he would look at, the details that he would look at in somebody that he was helping to coach was incredible to me. Um, it, it wasn't, you know, he was doing a leg curl, I remember, and it was, you got to bring it up to here, not here, not here. It was right here, and he was watching for it. Um, and those little details are what separated, in my opinion, a pro like that or a pro coach from these guys who are just pretenders. This guy knew it. This level right here is where he needed to be yeah. to get the ultimate contraction. And there's, there's nothing stupid about that. That takes years of practice and discipline to make things like that happen. You know it as well as anybody. Yeah, exactly. Know it. Um, that's the kind of stuff, though, that it seems like you've taken into the roofing game. Attention to detail, hard work, dedication, consistently do it day in, day out. You don't probably want to be doing it on a Saturday, but no. you're out there and you're doing this stuff. Talk to me. You know, we talk about bodybuilding, but how the, how the heck do you, does Chaz get into roofing, bro? Just kind of fell in. Right. Um, owned my own companies for pretty much my whole life. Um, Frank and Dustin, the owners of Proformance Roofing, I went to school with them, known them my, pretty much since middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to kind of go branch out and, and work for someone else and do sales. My mom always said, Chaz, go do sales. You're good at it. You're just quit owning your own company. Go do sales. Go work for a big corporation. So when uh, Proformance first opened, they were in business for about a year. I went in, did an interview with them. They hired me on the spot. I'm gonna tell you what, I didn't, I didn't know anything about roofs. They hired me on a Friday. I went over the weekend, started YouTubing what a ridge was, a valley, the yep. uh, drip edge. I didn't know anything. Uh, peeling stick, underlayment. It was yeah, I didn't know anything. So came in Monday. They were like, let's uh, do drive-bys with um, Chris Estro, one of the guys. He's our estimating yeah. department now. Yeah. He's been with the company since they first started. Um, so I went out there. He was not a salesperson, but he was selling, and he did decent. Drove with him for two days, came back in the office. I said, listen, I'm ready. Put me on my own. Um, went on my own and sold $6 million my first year in reverbs. Uh, went out, was selling two, three a day All at right, one uh, point. So I, I want to continue with your story, but I want to stop there because I don't want to miss this, okay? You talk about Chris, right? Chris Esther? Yes. Good dude. Obviously knows roofs. Okay. Very, very, very intelligent. Good. He can he can sell something, but then you take it to a level of let's say six million, somewhere yeah. around in there. I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Just if you can describe for me in your opinion the difference between the average or good or competent sales rep out there versus somebody who is Chaz selling six million. Is there is there something that is a switch? Is there something that person is doing that takes them from good to great that you can put your finger on? Um, there's, a, there's a lot of things, oh. I think. <laughs> I mean, sure. There, the couple main points, I would say follow-up, okay. right? Um, second of all, I would say is, you know, building relationships. So I kind of utilize my sales as of, you know, say if you have a lead and you're going in to a house and you have, you know, John Smith at 1030 in Longwood, right? I'd get there. You know, we were just talking about this. So I talked about it. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, you know, when you walk up, maybe leave the truck on, slam the door a little bit harder, um, put the ladder up on the roof, up against the roof by the front door, wherever you're going to do. Um, make them know that you're here or there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, then I go knock on the door. Time I knock on the door, they're 50% of the time they're usually greeting you. So then there you kind of just kind of build those relationships. I don't just go off on and try to sell. I, I try to let them kind of teach me something first. So I always look around like they have a Corvette. They're a Gator fan, a Bulldog fan. I'm a big Florida Gator fan. So I see Seminoles. I'm talking crap. Yeah. Right. So you kind of build those relationships. So you take a, a cold call lead from a what, a 32 percent, 33 percent closing rate to a referral and take that referral to a 55 percent closing rate. And that's about average, you know, in the market right now between a cold call and a referral. So I try to turn all my cold calls to referrals and then I have a higher chance to sell um, that. That's I think that's the biggest part right there is is building those relationships. Um, I know the owners, Frank and Dustin, used to make fun of me. I'd be in there, and I'd spend about an hour with these people. Yeah. They're, I'm showing them bodybuilding, but, you know, because I yeah. was pretty jacked at one point. You know, I was a pro bodybuilder. I'm not there anymore, but um, they, I'd be in there, but oh, i got to eat the meal prep. Oh, come eat your, eat your food up in my house, you know, <laughs> things like that. They're always making fun of me on it, but I think it just builds their relationships. You know, I keep – I sign them on the spot. Uh, next thing you know, their family needs some uh, a roof, uh, their friend, things like that. I, I was I was very big involved with with the community when it came to the re-roof side at one point. Yep. Um, I probably, on average, received about 30 to 40 referrals a month. Wow. Just from friends, uh, people that did a roof for us, you know, in the past, uh, family members, you know, social media was a big thing. Yep. So, um you know, LinkedIn, I just started LinkedIn probably, what, about a year and a half ago. Um, and that's been a big success for me on the LinkedIn for the new con, the B2B side. Mm-hmm. Um, but re-roofs were more on the social media like Facebook and LinkedIn and things like that. Three things you just said right there come to my mind about the sale, okay? The first is if somebody offers you in a home to do something for you, heat your food, would yep. you like a drink of water? Yep. Take it. All right. Because I think that some new sales reps out there, bro, they think, oh, I don't want to be rude. No, you're being rude by not taking it. Take the offer. Take the offer from somebody. I mean, it makes them feel like, hey, listen, they're endearing to you. You're endeared to them. And now you've got a connection that you've built with that individual. The next thing you mentioned was, um, you know, if they've got a Florida Gators tag or they've got a nice Corvette in in the driveway, you know, you say something. One of the things I saw people get in trouble, though, with is when they try to compliment something they know nothing about. Yeah. For instance, if you don't know if that's a nice Corvette, don't say it's a don't great say. Corvette because then they're going to ask you something about it and you're going to look like a moron. Um, and the other thing is that I always used to tell people is pay a compliment if the compliment is real. If they have a nice yard, compliment their yard. But if they got a yard that looks like it hasn't been mowed in three weeks, they're knowing that you're full of crap right now. And again, you've separated yourself from that customer and the relationship's going to be harder to mend. Yeah. So those three things come to my mind is, you know, when you're talking about that, don't miss that as an audience. There's things this guy is doing that they work for a reason. You're building that relationship constantly with people. Yeah, be honest and genuine. Yeah. I think those are the two. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. It actually works, you know. Yep. Um, So, okay, I don't want to get off track right there. So, but you you get in with these guys and you're you're selling, you know, $6 million, which some guys might think, man, that's just – I can never do that, but you're, you're proof that you can do it, man. You can step into this industry with relationship building, with follow-up. You can make this kind of stuff happen. Yeah. 
How do you go then, man? Because right now you're sitting the VP of business development. Tell me about that transition as you, as you move through performance roofing. Yeah, kind of just did the re-roof sales for about four years and then um, job opportunity opened from Justin Leo. He was kind of doing the, the B2B sales for the new con. Um, he needed some help to help covered because we were growing to statewide at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gave me the job as uh, business development for Orlando. So I kind of took that to Orlando, built relationships, started selling 20, 30 million, you know, my first six months or so into that, that position. Um, and then at that point we decided to put me in Tampa. And then from there, now I'm the VP of the state. So I cover all of Florida. Um, you know, Justin moved over to the CEO position now. Mm-hmm. So he's more on the operation side. So I, yeah, control, so. I do all the, the business development now. Um, and that's kind of where it kind of st- went off at that end, um, moving forward. Congratulations, man. I mean, but it's a real testament. I mean, you're not out there not selling anything. We're talking about big numbers that many companies will never touch in their entire life. Yeah. Um, and that leads me to something that is kind of a taboo word in the worf- in the roofing industry, new construction. Um, you know, we talk about re-roofs a lot on this show or roofing repairs or insurance versus retail. But we rarely get a touch on that new construction side. As you go from that $6 million on the re-roofs and you're moving into new construction, what were some of the challenges that you faced? Because for a lot of people, that's a different world they've never even encountered. What was it like for you, Jeff? It wasn't bad. Um, you know, B2B, I'm good at talking to people. So it's more, it's, you just have to align yourself. You're not talking to homeowners anymore. You're talking to businesses. So you do make those cold calls. You're going into D.R. Horton. You're going into Taylor Morrison, KB Homes. You're consistently going in there every week. You're emailing. You don't get no follow-up. They don't call you back. They don't email you back. And then when you go in there, do you get in front of the right person? Mm-hmm. No, you don't. So you build those relationships with the, I call them the gatekeepers, of right? Build the Build the relationship with the gatekeepers, bring them coffee, you know, Dine them, you know, make make relationships, build their friendship and the trust from there. And then as you're consistent emailing people and, and going in, eventually they're going to reach out to you, right? Um, it might not be a good time for them to reach out. A lot of these builders are happy with their roofer. Um, but when something happens or a company goes out of business, I'm not going to name names, but there's been a couple big ones. Mm-hmm. You know, we capitalize on that. And that's where I kept the consistency and, and kept moving forward and, and stepping into that role of building those relationships and being business development role. So I think what you're talking about right now is something that if you're a young sales rep out there in any industry, I want you to listen to what Chaz is saying. He's going into the business, shaking hands with the people, having somebody at a front desk say, get the hell out of here. I don't want you around. You're not welcome here. You know, what are you talking? No, we don't want any. Says no soliciting on the front door. I think that a lot of people are willing to do this maybe at a front door of a neighborhood, but they don't want to get in their car, Chaz. They don't want to go. This is how I used to have to do it. I sold security contracts for a while for the uh, security guards at the yeah. front at the front gate of an HOA. And I was a state, you know, we did it statewide. But what I would do in Orlando is I would sit there. I'd go, okay, I've got to talk to property management companies. And I would find my list of them from CAI, Community Institute, whatever it was called. Um, Gosh, but they had all the list of HOAs. Maybe there's Century and Leland and these other ones you've heard of. 
and I would find all their offices over Orlando and Tampa, and I'd plot out my day the night before. I'm going to go here, here, here. I got eight stops I have to make. I want to talk to this person over here. I've got this in when I walk in the door. I've got this in when I come over here. Maybe it's going to work. Maybe my angle is not. I'm going to adjust when I get in there, see who's there, see the feeling that I've got, and see who I can talk to. Um, and then you get home from the day and you follow up with the people that either you were able to reach or you weren't able to reach. Exactly. But nobody wants to get in their car, go there, walk in the front door with, I don't know, uh, you know, a couple smoothies or, you know, something, you know, a couple Gatorades or a couple energy drinks and say, hey, you know, my name's Patrick. This is what I want to do. I'd like to talk to so-and-so about this community because I drove past and I don't know, the security guard over there didn't look like he was having too much fun whatever it takes to get in the door, but they don't want to put in that work, brother. No, I think they're afraid. I think they're afraid of rejection. Mm. Rejection's scary, right? Um, but all they can do is say no. I tell people that all the time. Don't be afraid. Just keep walking in, build those relationships. All they can do is say no. That's right. But I, that was, you're right when it comes to the business side, it takes time. It's not instant gratification. No, there's only been a couple I could say I got lucky and walked in. Feels and, good, man. And, yeah, it feels good. You're yeah. like, hey, there's the right person. Yeah, but, I, you know, when we're talking about roofing here, you know, I think that one of the major things that is overlooked are property management companies, the end that roofers could have with property management companies, HOAs, and builders. Yep. But if you don't know what a lunch and learn is, you better get with the program real quick. Get in there, offer some coffee. Um, what I used to do, Chaz, is I would pick out a couple of these HOA management companies like Century or one of their yeah. satellite offices. Like they had a good one in Kissimmee I used to love. And every Friday, I'd make sure that I showed up there with the coffee, with the candies that they liked. And it was every Friday morning they could count on me to be there. And so before I knew it, I wasn't the guy in there to sell security. What I was is I was the guy in there that was the coffee guy. Hey, and by the way, what do you do? Oh, I do security contract. I got, a, I got a community right now over there in Heathrow that needs security. You don't say. Yep. Now, that might take six months for that, to, for that to come to fruition. But time in and time out, I'm going to be there, and I'm going to show them that I'm consistent about wanting their business. I love that you're saying I hope no one misses that, man, because it's not, not picking up the phone and calling. It's physically being there and saying, I, I, I care about this business right now from you. That's not – that's in a world where it seems like it's just emails and phone calls, that goes a long ways. Yeah, I think face-to-face is the best. Yeah. You know, you're going to have your times that you're going to be emailing and calling and things like that, but I would still say try to get in once or twice a week. At least. Um, yep. Just like you said, you make your list, you plot, you do all that. I do the same. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm like, who do I need to reach out to? Who do I need to follow? Mm-hmm. Who's the right person, right? It's nice to go into these places knowing – I need to speak to such and such, right? And saying, hey, who is your purchasing manager or director of purchasing or VP of construction? If you already know it and you can name drop, I think it's a big, it's a higher chance of, of getting in the door, especially with these these women or men at the front desk. They're like, oh, you know Chris or you know mm-hmm. John. Kind of builds those reports a little bit stronger. It absolutely does. And don't be afraid to use a LinkedIn or a Facebook to understand that person a little bit better. Exactly. You know, if you're going to be putting the effort to go drive out there and use your money and your gas money, your car to be out there, make sure you've got your ducks in a row. Know where that person may have graduated from or know that they worked at another place where maybe you do have a connection. Hey, I see you worked at Leland Management before this. I want you to know I worked with so-and-so. They can vouch for me. 
oh, really? I, I, yeah, I did work at Leland before. You've done your research and understand the person that is sitting in front of you. And the other thing I'd say is when I would walk into these places, man, sometimes it's good to be honest. <laughs> Just you don't have to sometimes try to fool the person to say, hey, I'm here because I don't know who I need to talk to, but this is what I do. And I want to make sure that I talk to the right person and go about this the right way. Can you help me? And I know your job is to tell me to get lost. I'm asking for your help. It was amazing the number of times they'd say, yeah, you need to speak with Susan Kearns. Yeah. Um, and Susan Kearns, and here's her information. I'm like, great. Do you know the best way she likes to be contacted? Yeah, definitely email her. Cool, thank you. I would just continue that kind of cycle right there, showing my face and saying I'm there for you. It's just amazing that that it's what it takes. That face to face is what it takes, man. Because I think what people are looking for is that they want to know when something goes wrong, they've got somebody that they can turn to. Yeah, that's that's the whole another part too. Is a whole another subject is you know sales. You can always sell something, right? We can go in and sell, but it's the follow up after that. You build the relationship, you build the business, right? Yep. You have that relationship, not your team. Sometimes. So if something goes wrong, they're going to reach out to you. And people listening, they probably know. Things go wrong. No one's perfect, right? Nope. We're a big company. Things are going to happen. It's the way you respond. Do I respond seven days a week? I respond on Sunday. Okay. I have people sending me emails Sunday. I'm, I had one, I'm not going to mention name, I had one email me about something and wanted an ETA. I emailed him right back on a Sunday. One of the guys, the director of the purchasing, uh, texted me personally said, hey, Quit emailing, go enjoy your family. It's a Sunday. It's just the way I do it. I'm, I'm consistently working. I'm, I'm, you know, it doesn't take much time out of your day to go answer one email really quick, right? Nope. Um, but there is going to be things that happen. There, you know, no one's perfect. So just, I think, I think we're salespeople. That's why I don't like salesmen, right? So mm -hmm. when you that position called sales, I think it has a bad rep, right? Kind of like roofers and have a bad name. I think sales have a bad name. Yeah. I think account managers and business development gives you a little bit more um, job duties that you can kind of, instead of just going out and selling the job, you're, you're following up. If, if there's an issue, you're, you're helping out. You're getting them in touch with the right people, your production team, your warranty department, um, your purchasing yeah. team, things like that. I think that is the key. I think that's the key to success when it comes to the sales. Yeah, I think it's we call it around here being a professional. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever you're doing, if you're going to be, you know, Hoffney heading up, you know, the from the videography side, and we're going to be professionals at what we do, um, and that means we're going to do what we say. Um, the other side of being a professional, like you said, is when you screw up, Chaz, and you're going to screw up. Um, people are going to screw up. We screw up videos every now and then, and I will call that person and say, "We screwed up." Um, one of the worst things I see young entrepreneurs, sales reps in this industry, you've seen it, is they ignore the problem. They've overpromised. They know they can't to deliver, but let me just put it off another couple of days because I don't want to make that call to that business owner, that homeowner. You and they let it, it simmer, brother. You make it that much worse. Don't they? Yeah. That much worse. And then you just, you're three days in, four days in. Next thing you know, you're two weeks in because now it. you're ashamed. Oh, right? I know it. I know it it's, now. It's terrible. It's a bad business. It's oh, I can business. feel that. I know that feeling, you know? I just can't do it. Ugh. I'm on my team sometimes if I'm on, you know, on an email and 
my production team or someone don't answer in 30 minutes or 20 minutes. I'm like, hey, did you see that email? They're like, yes, Chaz, I've seen it. I'm like, all right, I'm just checking. Just making sure you saw that email yeah. there. Yeah, and I think that's because I know on my end when there's a problem, I want somebody to give it the same attention that we do. Yeah, I want care. Right, to genuinely care about it and go, not like, hey, listen to me, blow it off. Like, all right, yeah, I've had. When you, but I know when the few times we have had a client where they're like, this is not what I expected, where maybe an expectation did not meet the reality. It came to a point where I couldn't sleep. Like, I mean, it's literally eating away at me from the inside. I mean, I can't do something about it quick enough. And I think that if you are a sales rep out there, production manager, a business development manager, and you feel that inside, you feel that kind of responsibility to your customers, you're going to be successful because there's something inside of you that says, I'm here to serve people. And I think that your clients, and I, I, what I like about you and what I like about what you're doing, I see out online, is you're serving these people. Um, yeah, you know what? You make good money doing it. But hey, listen, I'm there to provide a product to you that's going to be consistent. It's going to be within your budget. And I'm going to be there for you when something goes wrong. There's service in that kind of, in that kind of relationship that you have with someone. Yep. Um, and I think that might be something that a lot of people are missing. They think they're well, that, that's one of the topics I wanted to discuss with you in roofing. When I, when I was doing roofing, when I was starting, in the, it seemed like it just pushed you out there, right? Hey, go out there and learn. Like you said, I had to go home and I had to learn what a valley was. Okay, I'm just going to learn what three-tab architecture, what the heck are they talking about? Okay. Like, I remember those days. Right? You're, you had no idea. Now it seems like, you know, every time I'm online, I'm in these roofing groups, which we are. We're constantly looking at what the trends are in the industry. It's... People want leads given to them. They want a nice appointment book that they can go and they just close and they make their 10% and they walk away and that's what they think they should make. Um, I think that people, they've, there's, some of it's lost a little bit of its edge in the industry. Um, and I'd like to know what you think because you've kind of had a little baptism by fire. Is, has things, have things gotten a little easier for people that are coming in the industry than what it was 10 years ago? Yeah, I think a lot of people expect uh, leads they yeah, expect yeah. a certain amount and they don't go out and earn it right um we get them all the time people come in and we give them two or three leads mm-hmm. a day well we expect you to get your own referrals <laughs> wow, right that's a lot of leads. yeah we we get a lot of leads we're you know you know how big we are oh we, yeah i do we're probably on path to hit what 850 to 900 roofs a week right now is what we're doing um Majority of that's new con, but the re-roof side's probably, I'd say, 55 to 65 a week. So it's big on the retail side. But um, we spend a lot of money to get these leads, and they're good quality leads, and we do our marketing and, and all that stuff. So it costs us money. So if we're giving you these leads that cost us a lot of money, we expect you to get your own too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, our sales director, James, he's always on it. He's on their butt. Like, listen, go out. Build those relationships, you know, post up on social media, try to get your friend's neighbor, you know, your family member, your, your brother, your sister, whoever you meet someone at the gym, just constant getting those referrals, help us out since we help you out. Right. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. They don't, they, a lot of people don't want to do it. They just want to get their two leads or three leads a day and, and, and they sell them or if they don't sell them, they're, they're good and they're compliant. I think, I think the other thing is, who, who's your sales manager again? I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, James. Maybe James, if you're watching this, maybe you'll agree with me. I think some guys come into it and they think they're too cool for it too. Yeah. Okay? 
it's like, well, I don't want to go out there and tell my friends that I'm, you know, I'm a roofing guy. Like, I just graduated from such and such from UCF, and I, I, now I'm selling roofs. To get, they think they're too cool to post out there that, hey, you're looking for a re-roof. I, got you, I can take care of you. If you've got a leak, I can come out to your home. Yeah. And it's kind of like that, that blue-collar mentality. You have some people, I think, in the middle class who go, I grew up there, and I, I'm supposed to be the white-collar guy. I'm supposed to be the sales director. I'm not supposed to be the guy who's knocking doors. So I think sometimes Chaz, a little bit of pride steps in for some new people in the industry that I wish they'd just wipe away. They don't have no idea the gold mine that they are sitting on in this industry. And they're, they're just something special, I think, at times. If you'll just let go of that pride for going out there, helping a family, get a new roof on, watching that job, even if you can't put a nail into a shingle, show up to your job. Man, watch that new roof go on somebody's home and go, I helped make this happen. If there's not pride in that for you, man, I don't know what is. I'm like gripping my fist right here because I'm like, you should have pride in that when you get up. Should. I mean, heck with selling you know, your medical sales stuff and walking to some doctor's office to sell them on something. Go do that in a neighborhood and watch an entire neighborhood change because of the work that you're doing, and you'll have some damn pride in your work. Exactly. But people don't want to do that. No, they, they want it all given to them. Yeah, this yeah. generation. I feel like, you know, it took me time. It took me five years to get to this position with the same company. Uh, James, to get to get to his position, he took he was been in the industry for I think seven to eight years mm-hmm. in the roofs. He's now the sales director. It takes time, you know. Build those relationships. Show the number. Show the proof. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to show the proof if you're going to keep getting raises and, and move up and and within the company or within other companies or whatever you're going to go. You know, moving forward in life, but. I think the biggest thing is um, just being consistent and keep moving forward and, and the growth and don't be don't be lazy and don't want it all at once. Like enjoy the ride. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Enjoy it. Everyone's so hungry to be where I'm at. It yeah. took me time to get here. It it do, it did not happen overnight. A lot of hard work, seven days a week. It it took time. It just I think that's where people see you know, successful businessmen or salespeople, do you know, they don't know the background of how long it took to get to get to this position. You're an overnight success, man. What are you talking about? Yeah, I get it all the time. So and that, I want to I want to end with a f- couple things here, man, okay, because I know your time is valuable. Everyone, Chaz took his time here. We're, we're filming this on a, on a Tuesday afternoon to come over. Thank you. I know you could be a lot of different places making money. You're here with us, and I appreciate it very much. I want to be cognizant of his time. That's what I, want to, I want to end with a couple of different things, but the first is the mindset for you, man, okay? Um, a, a lot of our audience are, are males between the ages of, let's say, 25 and 45, okay? And various aspects of sales, from car sales to medical sales to roof re- restoration, you name it, okay? We've talked on this show about the, the real, well, the real problem or pandemic sometimes is just is men not having purpose in their life, okay? Struggling to get up out of bed each day. Um, there was a time where you're juggling building this career, multi-million dollars in sales. You've got the family. You've obviously got bodybuilding that was a big part of it. Tell me a little bit about the mindset for Chaz that, you know, how do you, how do you juggle all this and, and keep it moving forward on days where I'm sure there are times where you just want to mail it in and say the hell with all this. Um, what goes through your head 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning? Tell me a little bit about that routine and, and what are you doing each and every day? So I wake up early every morning. Um, I'm a morning person. I'm up at 4.30. I'm at the gym. Oh, man. Uh, 
it kind of clears my head for the day because I know by the time about 7 a.m., my phone is nonstop. I have appointments set up. I'm traveling the state. You know, I got a lot of drive time, a lot of meetings, things like that. So the gym time is like my time. I don't answer the phone. I yeah. listen to some music. I work out with some good friends. We talk not about work, about life, family, friendship, things like that. Truthfully, I think that's my biggest part of my success right there is having my own time, right? Uh, weekends, you know, Monday through Friday, my wife knows I work my butt off, right? The weekends, I enjoy a little bit. Yes, I do answer some emails. I might show up somewhere and do some pictures or event, things like that. But mm -hmm. most of the time, I'm home with my family, enjoying it. Um, I have a one-and-a-half-year-old that I want to be around, um, teach him things that, you know, I didn't have a dad to teach me, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think that's my biggest success right there is, is helping me keep moving forward in life and, and staying hungry. When I wake up on a Monday morning, I'm ready to go. How important is it in this industry to have a wife that understands that? It's, you couldn't do it. Yeah. I hear it all the time. Oh, my wife is, you know, I me work too. too much, this and that. My wife knows. My wife's a stay-home mother. Um, she retired a couple years ago. Um, and she, she takes care of us. She's like, she owns her own business at home, right? Mm -hmm. She has a hard life. She cleans and, and cooks and, and takes care of the one-year-old running around. She's going shopping for us. She's doing a lot, running yep. to the park every day, you know, giving our kid the life that, you know, maybe we didn't have or, you know, things like that. So she's, she's I couldn't do it without her. No. Literally, I couldn't. I think that's so important, man, what you say right there. One, when I'm, I'm, I'm just going gonna, gonna to take a couple of things away from this, compartmentalize what I'm going to put right here. Because I do the same thing. I don't, I don't bring my phone to the gym in the morning. Um, I get there at 6, and I don't bring my phone in. It sits in, or actually, it sits in the bag up there on, in, the, in, the, um, in the locker because I don't want to be bothered with anything. I just want that to be my time to be in my own head. You know what I mean? And then the, the second thing, the support. Um, and you've got the support from the friends. You've got the support from the family. And if you don't have that kind of stuff, life is going to be damn miserable. Yeah. Um, there ain't nothing worse in my opinion, than working your butt off and then feeling like that work is either underappreciated or not appreciated at all. Um, it's a terrible feeling. It I've is been a bad, there before. It is a bad feeling. I've been there before. Um, I think genuinely as men, we want to feel like, hey, I'm, I'm out here. I'm doing something that's worthwhile. I'm working hard, and I want to be appreciated for that because I know the work that I'm putting. I know the burden or the cross that I'm willing to bear right now. And I think that when you know that cross that you're bearing is, is hard and you have the option to just throw in the towel, to go out there, to go drink in, to go do all the things that aren't productive and you choose not to do those things, but to carry that burden on yourself, sometimes it's good to feel like, man, somebody appreciates that right now. Yep. Um, congratulate. I'm going to, uh, we're on the same page here, man. Compartmentalize and find some people in your life that will support what you're doing and the hard work you're putting in. It'll make life a heck of a lot easier. Exactly. And support in, in business too, right? So it's not just family and at home life. It's, it's your business. It's your owners. It's your superiors in your company. You know, they have to, they have to. And, all right. That, that was bad. No. So, okay. So no. talk about that support. Otherwise support, support in your family, 
you know, it's not all about supporting your family. It's about support in, in business, right? Your, your superiors, things like that. You know, they, they're already appreciative of what you do. Um, you know, the owners of performance, they're always, man, what can we do to make your life better? Hey, do you need something? What do you need? They just got me an executive assistant that's in my office now. And all she does is do stuff for me to help me out to be able to grow the company. Um, They're just very supportive. Justin as well. He just always, anything I need, they're there. I think that's the biggest key too. Yeah. You know, I would, I would say that for, there's, there's some people watching this and if you're heading into work, you just get done with work and you got people around you who don't value you as a person, get out now. Okay. There is nothing worse than building somebody else's dream. And they don't value the fact that you're building it with them. Um, Because there is nothing in your life as a man or woman that's going to build resentment like sitting there for years and years building somebody else's dream to for the end of it for them to look at you like you had nothing to do with it, like you added no value. Leave now. Get out of that place. Because there are people out there like uh, Dustin um, who will appreciate you. Um, I'm a, I don't know if I ever told you, I, I met Dustin a few times. Oh, okay. Um, here you go. Here's a story. He probably won't remember this. Um, I was working for a collections company. All right. And I wanted collections accounts. That's how I got kind of into the industry, into roofing. So I walked in there and I was doing my rounds, going to roofing companies, picked each one that I wanted to go to. I'm going to go to Nolan's over here and Claremont. I'm going to go to performance over here. I'm going to make my way around. And, uh, I walked in there. And, of course, I don't know who I'm talking to and stuff like that. He happened to be walking by, invites me back, has a conversation with me, had no need to do it whatsoever. But at least then I felt like, man, you know what? I felt like I had a good drop. I used to call them drops. It was a good drop. Yep. Um, and he didn't have to do that for me. But when you're a guy who at that time in my life was struggling pretty bad, even the bad drop like that where I got to talk to somebody – I remember calling the person I was dating at the time being like, there's this company, and they're, they're great. I think we're going to get some accounts from this one. I needed those. Now, do we ever? No. But it gave me, like, some confidence. You know yeah. what I mean? And you never know what something like that can do for somebody. And I think that's maybe why I've had such an affinity for performance for a long time is I do remember that feeling um, of kind of like, oh, come on back. Talk to me about it for a little bit. What are you doing? How much are you charging for those delinquent files? You know, what if they're this or that? And they had no f- – the, the ship was running smoothly. Um, there was no need. But, uh, but it made me feel good. And that's pretty cool. That's what it's all about. Man, I never even told that story, but there you that's go crazy. right there. Hopefully he'll, he'll see it. He'll see it That's now. good. Well, there you go. And he'll probably remember something like that. Like, yeah. oh, man, I knew I'd remember that guy from somewhere. Darn collections company from <laughs> five, six years ago or whatever it was. What's next for you, brother? Um, I gotta, I've gotta think that you're constantly looking for ways to challenge yourself. Your family is growing. You're building a home right now. Congratulations. Thank you. Where do you, where do you see this thing now? Um, you know, I talked to Justin. He's talking about being a billion dollar company here in the next few years. Do you see the same? Do you see the growth? What's next? Yeah, I definitely see it. We have a lot of stuff in the works right now. We can't really talk about, but there's, right. there's. Um, a lot of good things coming for performance, things that are very innovative that no one's ever done before. We're already the largest roofer in the state of Florida. We're probably, what, third or fourth in the U.S. right now as a residential roofer. Um, I think that's just going to keep moving forward with all the new growth that we have coming, um, the ideas, 
the Frank, the owner, one of them, he is consistently showing us ideas. They're working on some stuff that it's going to blow people's mind. It's, it's going to blow people's mind. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get out and start moving. They're like, you ready to start selling them? You ready to do this? I'm like, let's go. I'm, I'm ready. So I think, I think that's going to be the, my next step is moving into those next roles. Um, are we going out of Florida? I think so. I think uh, West Palm's opening this year, Panhandle. At that point, we cover the whole state. Um, and I think we're going to hit a couple other states from there and then expand the business within. Congratulations, man. I'm looking forward to seeing what you all do. I want everyone, this is such a great place for us to end right here. If, if you get a chance, rewind this thing about a minute and a half right there. And I want you to listen to the way that Chaz is describing the next opportunity that he's got. All right, moving into the next role, excited about it, can't wait to do it. If you're somebody out there and you're not sure, man, why is my life not progressing? Ask yourself if you would have the same mentality that this gentleman across from me has. There's a reason he sold hundreds of millions of dollars because he looks at change as an opportunity. You know, there's so many people, Chaz, they'd look at it and go, no, mm, you know what? Let's just see if it works first and then I'll jump on board. Not what this guy is doing. Don't miss that kind of mentality here. It is the difference between winners and losers, the good and the great. That's why I wanted this man to sit across the table from you so you gather this kind of information, all right? Take the opportunity that's in front of you in life with the same kind of excitement, the same kind of vigor, um, the same tenacity that this guy is doing. And I'm telling you, you will be more successful at whatever the heck that you are doing. Stop shying away from change in your life. Start grabbing a hold of it. Grab the damn bull by the horns and make it happen. With that in mind, man, I thank you so much for stopping by. I learned a little bit about you. We got a lot of mutual friends now. And, yeah. uh, I hope that I'll see. It is good to know, um, and I'm sure I will see you over at. Shout out to Jamie Aboni at the next holiday. Like, uh, I don't know what it'd be. Maybe Thanksgiving, Christmas. He's got the yeah. only gym in Orlando that's open on these holidays. So on Christmas uh, <laughs> Day, he's open. I mean, shout out to uh, Ironclad Physique for being the only gym open on Christmas, New Year's Day, Thanksgiving, any holiday. That guy keeps his gym open. Maybe I'll see you there. All right, buddy. Good All right. To you. Until next time, everybody. Thanks a lot, Chaz. Have a good one, guys. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.